What's up, everybody? This is Finn here for the Teeing Up Truth team. Uh, we got Miles. What's up, Miles? What's going on, everybody? Appreciate you guys tuning in again. Excited for a fun night with you guys. We are super excited. And the man, the myth, the legend, Brett, he's actually here tonight. Viewers were asking me, is he even a real person? Yes, he is. He's here tonight. Brett, uh, give us a little intro. Uh, tell us about yourself. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, it's good to be here. Uh, like I said, uh, or like they've told you, I do have a newborn. He is 16 days old, I think now. I think that's right. Maybe my wife will correct me on that. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's been busy, but we've got things a little bit more under control with him being our second. But it's good to be here. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I'm the oldest of the group. Uh, they definitely ragged on me when I wasn't here acting like I was some <laughs> grandpa, but, uh, I'm just 33, uh, not too old, but yeah, I picked up golf when I was a kid. My family played, uh, my parents both played. Uh, I was, my mom was pregnant with me, uh, about eight months pregnant or so couldn't go to her last competitive golf tournament. And, um, so I, kind of killed her career but not really um she was a great golfer her whole life uh, my dad was too uh, i still play with my mom and um probably around 16 17 18 took like a good 10 year hiatus as a lot of people do with just how crazy life goes and picked it back up as of recent uh, and it's been a lot of fun i'm sitting at like a 10.9 handicap right now which is probably a little generous, but uh, I love the game. It's super fun. I'm definitely a solo player. It's like a little bit of my escape. Not that I need it from my family, but I do enjoy that time. And, uh, I like, and yeah, I like that I've clarification. Known, I've known <laughs> Steven for about 10 years now and known Miles for about three. Miles and I met with our two oldest kids. Uh, we're in gymnastics together, as he told you guys. And I actually met his wife because um, I'm the stay-at-home parent and uh, would go in, we'd hang out in gymnastics, and then sure enough, our kids bonded. I asked to meet the husband, and thank goodness he was another golf buddy because you never know how that's going to go. And uh, it's been great. Hopefully someday in the future I get some lessons from Miles. I know Steven has already got it. Maybe he'll tell you a little bit about it today. But uh, that's enough about me. We'll get into I it. I want to tell just a quick story uh 30 seconds my wife comes home and i had known she was taking liam to gymnastics for the past however many months um dude guy was in gymnastics before he could walk i would mess with her about that to begin with um but now one day she's like yeah this this guy you know his dad who's there with his daughter he's super nice very friendly um they want to hang out and i was like that's interesting like a dad (laughs) initiated like us to all hang out like okay cool like of course let's do it um and then i met brett and of course he wasn't a creepy guy and our our wives are like literal twins so it works out nice uh yeah i mean my wife hasn't met uh miles wife but we have all known the four of us have known each other a while um so we all actually uh, yeah quick story another tangent uh brett and i were friends before i met 
my like wife at the time, but she actually grew up in the house across the cul-de-sac from from where Brett grew up here. Um, yeah. And there are our neighbors for sure. Yeah, there are times that she had a dock at on, a, on like a pond at her house, and we wouldn't go fishing on her dock, and I had no idea who she was uh, or yeah. like anything about her family. Then we met later in high school and ended up getting married. So <laughs> crazy small world, you know. Brett's Very just a, a glue between so many so many people. He's a glue the glue between us here. We're super happy to have him on board. Uh, he brings a lot of great perspective and it's going to be fun once we can actually get on the, on the course, the three of us and record some stuff because a two V one, me and Brett versus miles, who was a three handicap, like he said, trying to be scratch again. Uh, it may actually be competitive if Brett and I can, if uh, we play well, right. So looking forward to that. Um, Let's jump in though. Uh, the golf ball rollback has officially been announced. Uh, I yeah, as of today. Yeah. Uh, oh, we lost Miles' camera, but that's okay. Um, as of today, I sent you guys that an Instagram uh, thing that the USGA posted. Um, yeah. But wait, I need to pull it up because it was um, interesting. It's a, so it's a, but it's officially happening. Um, no, it's happening. 2028. You can, you, yeah, you'll, you'll pull it up. But yeah. 2028 um, is like really when it goes into effect, which is crazy to think about. I mean, we're talking about something that's happening five years from now. Yeah. I guess four years from now. It's almost 2024. But I mean, I asked for Pro V1s after you sent that today. <laughs> Texted the brother in law and like everyone else. And I was like, just give me some golf balls. Yeah. Um, they're saying that the average male amateur is only going to lose three, three to five yards. I think is what they're saying. Their driver uh, yeah. on their driver, um, which I guess like shouldn't be too bad. But I read a tweet re- the other day that said like um, a a Titleist golf ball, maybe a Pro V one from like 1990, wouldn't pass the standards of the new rollback uh ball that they're having i don't know if that's true i didn't do a lot of oh. fact checking on that but i thought it was interesting um but it's crazy it's officially happening i know we've talked about it before i don't really know where any of us actually lie i think there's pros and cons either way you know uh pro it brings some skill requirements back into the game you probably have to learn how to shot shape more you'll need to figure out how to um hit your longer irons more often and i think that's fun uh con hitting the ball far is fun what are your what are your thoughts for sure uh, i'll go I'm, first go ahead brett yeah yeah see what i want to know and i haven't looked into this but i know when we were talking about this i thought about I want to know for someone who's like hits a who likes a less spinny ball. I want to know if these balls have like less spin or they're more spin. Mm, I'm sorry, I, I had some technical difficulties. Uh, my my computer froze, so I, the last thing I heard was le- less spinny ball from Brett. <laughs> Pick back up, Brett. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Yeah, um, yeah I just want to know as someone who prefers 
like a pro V one versus a pro V one X. Like just, I, I want less spin on all of my shots. Uh, I want to know what that looks like. Cause I do feel like ever since I've actually changed ball to a pro V one, I felt like I've actually noticed that I'm not going to say that I'm a good enough golfer that I can notice shot shape difference. Cause of course that's still something I'm working on, but I definitely notice it on the greens from like the Chrome soft X, which I believe is also like their spinny ball, which is what I was hitting before. But, okay. but I don't know. Yeah. I will, we'll have to see. I definitely don't like less distance. That doesn't sound great. Not a fan of my long irons. Um, but who knows? Oh, I don't so, want it to shrink the game. Yeah. So I, I actually listened to a uh, number of, I listened to the no laying up podcast the past couple days. Yeah. Um, and of course I've caught up in a lot of content that's come out today and I understand it a little bit better now, um, in like the simplest way, really depending on your swing speed is your swing speed, your club head speed, your ball speed is, is really how much it'll affect you yardage wise. They say that it'll affect the, the amateur, you know, about five yards, but that's saying that amateur swing speeds are like this or, or whatever average, yeah. right? The, the higher your club speed, your ball speed, the more it'll affect you. So that's why they say on tour, you know, you can expect about, I think they said 15 yards or so, 10 to 15 yards. Um, so, so yes, I understand a lot better now kind of like how they're going to be doing this. Um, and what's for, the physical difference in the ball? Do you know that? They didn't talk about the physical differences. That's going to be happening in the next, um, Four years. you know a few years of manufacturing and testing all that kind right. of stuff but oh, okay, okay, okay i'll put it this in the, in the simplest way to understand it it was a video i saw actually like a couple hours ago dan rapaport explained in like i think it was a four play pot or something like that they said explain it to me like i'm five yeah and he was like okay basically they have a machine that hits golf balls perfectly right right like at, and they can set the club head speed well a conforming golf ball for the past 20 some years was based on, you know, I can't remember what it was, a hundred and something miles per hour. The ball could not go more than 317 yards. Right. All they're doing is making it to where the, I think it's the club head speed of the machine. They're increasing it a little bit, I think to a hundred. I can't remember the daggum numbers. I wish I did. Mm -hmm. um, they're just increasing the, the club head speed and the ball still cannot go more than 317 yards. Okay. So that they're just having sense. to dial the ball back a little bit. They just where... increased the ceiling on that club head speed. Yes. The reason why is because over the past 20 years, average ball speed, club head speed, that's all faster. So it's just really, um, it's just really catching up. And the comments have been made like, you know, this should have happened 20 years ago or whatever. But yeah, I mean, would have been easier. But mm -hmm. um, here we are today. Dude, the nerdy pros are going to eat this up. They're going to try to figure out a way to get around it, how to hit the ball properly for it and all well, this stuff. It's so here's crazy. the thing, like, that I'm pretty sure tour averages of swing speeds and things like that, they're not actually swinging max effort. And so, like, people are just going to keep training, and they're going to, yeah, they're going to learn how to hit the ball far. Or they probably already can hit the ball farther, you know? And they're just going to start swinging harder. When they need to. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Everyone has an extra gear um, that they they reach it like you know that they put it into on on holes that have no trouble or par five and yeah I mean 
I see both sides. I can argue both sides mm-hmm. if it was a debate. So I'm pretty neutral. The the more we've talked about it, uh, we actually, the three of us have talked about it at length. Um, and the more I talk about it, the more I just like, I don't know if I actually care anymore. Like at first I thought it was like going to be a big deal. But like at the end of the day, I don't think it will be. I think it's a weird decision at the end of the day. I don't think they need to do it, but I don't think it's going to be a terrible thing for for us or for the tour players or you know anybody really. Mm. Well, see, the thing is, I would have never thought about just being like a you know I, I'm a passionate golfer. I, I follow all golf. I I'm big into golf, but unless they would bring this up, I would never think about this. About oh man. In five years from now, if we don't make any changes and equipment and everything keeps getting better and golfers start working out more and being stronger and more fit, I've never thought some golf courses may end up being not playable for a tournament because they're not long enough. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't want that to happen, of course. Wouldn't want to lose some like really cool courses that we all love watching because they're not long enough and they can't you know, be set up for a, a PGA tour course. Um, yeah. But like and then course, is 15 yards yeah, really going to make a difference in that. That's what I'm kind of, I feel like the not long enough thing is like reaching a little. Cause it's like, don't they just shoot low? Like they just shoot lower. Right. I do. I do miss the days. Like, like the tiger era where it was like obscene when he would shoot super low. And now you're kind of like, it, 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 like there's some majors where it's 17, 18 under. And I'm like, yeah. I do miss it when majors were like super difficult. When you'd see US Opens won at like four under. Yeah. But hopefully that might go back to this with all this ball stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Golfers are so good though. They've just gotten so much better. The whole field. Well, okay. This is a tangent we didn't discuss before. Uh, it's a question I have, but it's, it's led me to, to you know, if, if, if Ben Hogan was on tour today or, you know, one of those guys that played with like literal wooden clubs and stuff like, and they used modern day equipment, who would be better? Like modern players or the players back, back in the day using modern equipment. Bobby. Jones, it's so hard. Ben, it's like, yeah. you can't, it's like apples to oranges because different golf courses, different setups. Um, I don't know, dude. I don't I think know, man. Those guys would would destroy modern day golfers. Oh, really? I, I, See, I'm a big proponent of all the old heads in sports would just get smoked. Like nutrition, physio, everything, everything nowadays better, is just everyone's faster, bigger, stronger. I everyone's more they, those guys. But in the in a game of golf, it's it's there's a lot of finesse, you know. And back then, using yeah. using old outdated clubs and things like that like the finesse they have being able to use these clubs i just think they they could be able to just like put it anywhere with the forgiveness and the the spin the 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 grooves and you know the different types of technologies i really think that they they'd have just a touch that no one else would 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 have it's really hard to even think about or like wrap my head around that i think that um i don't know to brett's point everyone nowadays bigger faster stronger they wouldn't like they would have they would be great ball strikers and they'd probably have a great short game mm-hmm. but um just because they don't have the speed yeah i think I they would adjust that. i just think it would take 
there's also like something to be said the fact that that's all they knew so they grew up with it they practiced it mm-hmm. a ton so like i think if you gave whoever victor hovland john whoever you want to pick i think if you gave him a set of wooden clubs and you let him play with it for 10 years he would go out and shoot pretty good with it if you gave him a, for one round you, he'd be like these suck it'd be a good question for uh like the pga tour media like the the social media people who like create like the cool Instagram posts and stuff and TikToks mm-hmm. to ask current golfers that question, like how good would Ben Hogan be today yeah, right. with our equipment mm-hmm. right, on courses like on these course setups? Right. Um, we'll make enough money someday to host our own tournament with a cash prize that makes people want to practice with wooden clubs, and you have to come out and play with wooden clubs too. Now we can really see how good people could get. Wow. I have I have some of my dad's old wooden club like I have an old wood and I have a set of irons that are whatever they're whatever they're there's a special word for those old clubs. I forget what they're called. I have not hit um a wooden club in a long time, actually. Yeah. You guys see that guy hit the a little like uh golf ball with a croquet bat? Um No. Oh dude, mm. it is the craziest thing I've seen. It's one of the craziest things I've seen. I'll have to find the Instagram picture for you or a video for you. Um. Okay. Sorry, that was a tangent that I didn't mean to bring up, but I thought it was a good question. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask it more often. Uh, maybe we had all three different answers too. Yeah, Miles didn't know you. You were like, no way they would win. I think they would. I think they would. I think in a game of finesse like golf, uh, their touch would be much better. Um, but I got some. Uh, hopefully some hot takes that uh, people could agree with, disagree with, whatever. But I want to talk about pet peeves on the golf course. Um, we all have pet peeves where we're playing with people, whatever. I think mine might be a hot take because it's just so normal now. Uh, but I absolutely hate people talking about the golf gods to the golf gods, all those things. I just, you know, putting my foot down, there's no such thing as golf gods. There's no such thing as any sports gods or any other whatever, you know. One god, that's what I believe, that's what we believe, and the golf gods don't exist. Um, I was playing with my father-in-law, and we were on a par three. He said something about the golf gods, and I turned around and looked him dead in the eye. I said, the golf gods don't exist. There's no such thing. And I turned back to my shot and flushed one of a, the most beautiful tee shots I've had in a long time um, and landed five, six feet from the pin. Uh, as I hit it, someone yelled, oh, go in. Like, it was like that good of a shot. And it wasn't like a sarcastic thing. Like, uh, and I turned, when it landed on the green, I looked back and I said, I told you there's no golf gods. Um, so that's my pet peeve and my hot take. I would love to hear, hear y'all's. That's hilarious. That yeah. is hilarious. They know they kind of know mine. It's a it's I don't I don't get infuriated necessarily by it. I just think you're a goofball. But <laughs> I I think it's so ridiculous in golf how people talk to their ball. I guess maybe in a similar sense where where you're hoping on the golf god to somehow interact with it. Right. <laughs> um, every sport I played growing up, nobody talks to a baseball, no one talks to a basketball, a soccer ball, a tennis ball, nothing. But you step on a golf course and it's every shot people who talk to their ball. And I'm like, what, yeah, what, are, we, what are you so doing? Good. 
Yeah, but it is it is it is so common, and I've caught myself doing it. it I was just about mad. to say, I've heard uh, you tell tell your ball to sit or something. Yeah, yeah, and I and I and I'm like, people probably think I'm ridiculous right now. Like, what are we doing? I do. Hot, I, yeah, I, that is a hot take. <laughs> I, I do think though, like, like I do kind of like like Quan's little like snap thing he does yeah. over. He does it like always, always same hand down yeah. by his thigh when he wants the ball to sit, but he doesn't always talk to it. Mm-hmm. But like the that kind the of Jordan Spieth, Jordan Spieth, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. every golfer does it. it. it it's, it's Spieth to like the forty handicaps that I've played at Muni's, with, <laughs> where they're just like they hit a shot and they're like sit, and I'm like, dude, you just scolded out of the bunker. That's like going to the next tee box. What do you mean sit? <laughs> I uh, I really like Luke Kwan's. Uh, he doesn't talk. To, you're you're right. I mean, I think he does every once in a while. But you know, have you ever Sometimes. noticed when he's uh putting and the ball's like going by like on the left side of the cl- uh, the hole and he always sticks up his putter he flicks it. and he's like like yeah. trying to get it to go like i th- i like it i don't know it's such a subtle thing they uh, all have their mannerisms yeah. yeah yeah i i like i don't talk to my ball because one if i hit a shot i don't know if it's going long or or short most of the time <laughs> and so i don't Fair. know i don't know if i should tell it to sit or to go uh or to develop as Fat Perez would say. Oh, uh, and they, when they know their how their ball's spinning in the air, I don't know how they do that either. Yeah. Or they're like, oh no, it's super spinny or it's knuckling. I'm sure Miles is like, how do you guys not know this? But I'm like, what the heck? You can how do you it, know man. that? You can feel it. <laughs> I, I'm sure yeah. I'll learn. Yeah, I mean, over time, man, you can tell if you hit it off the. You, you guys can't tell if you hit it off the heel or the toe based on the yeah, feel. I can see. I, I can tell that, but I don't know what that means. Oh, I don't know what, if that always – if I hit it off the heel, does the same thing happen to the ball every time? If you hit it off the heel, it's typically not going to go as far. It's going to be a little more spinny. And it's probably going to spin. Yeah. You're probably going to hit a slice off the heel. Yes. Yeah, it's a little more spinny, Not won't go as far. And then yeah. if you hit it off the toe, same thing. It, it may not go as far. It might be a little you bit – You get those little draw. snap hooks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I um don't know when I hit it off the toe because I've I've had now two two lessons um and my heat map on all of my clubs uh according to TrackMan is the sweet spot for me is the toe, so same I, here. I just like like it always the toe is natural to me. Um, my instructor said it's it, he's the same way, so I just need to f- like work on it, figure out like what works best for me to help me hit the center of the club. Um, but yeah, I can tell when it hits off the heel though, because it feels different. Uh, I can also tell when it's flush because it's effortless. Oh, true. Like it's the same thing as like hitting the sweet spot with like a wooden bat in baseball. It's like money. What I hate so much is uh, when I'll go to the range one day and I'll be, you know, hitting it center of the club face. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go to the range like two days later and I'm hitting it off the heel. Like, yeah, no shots are off the heel. I'm like, bro, what has changed in two days? That was me at Barnsley. Like, the second we started at the range, and I was just like, I know that if I sit here and try to change my swing, it's going to be worse than if I just try to play with what I got that day. But I knew that it was like, this is just, this is not my game. This is just like super aggravated fade slice thing. And I just had to play with it. (laughs) So I think it's a good uh, transition into my pet peeve. Yeah. And this is not, <laughs> neither, by the way, neither of you guys do this pet peeve. Um, 
Oh, I'm sure I do at some At point. least I don't think you do. My pet peeve, I don't know how I even thought about this being my pet peeve, but it just gives me the ick. Like, the ick. if I'm playing with somebody, and it, it's only random random people, because my boys already know how everyone acts in the golf course. This is like a random person. Like, they hit a shot, and it's really, really bad. And my pet peeve is when they're like, when they make a ton of excuses, and they act like that this doesn't normally happen for them. You know, like they, they spin it over the green from like 80 yards out. I, I never do that. Like where did that come from? I'm like, bro. That's the sixth time you've done that. That's the sixth time you've done that this round. Right. Like, dude, yeah. it's fine. Everyone's different level. And again, I'm not saying like, I'm not making fun of people for being bad. Like if you, you can be a 40 handicap and I'm going to love you just as much as if you were a plus three handicap, if you're, if you're a cool person, it's just, I just, when they make excuses and I'm like, bro, it's so cap. Like, yeah. where did this draw come from? Why, why am I hooking it? I'm like, bro, I mean, you're just, I mean, I don't know, man. Just not a good shot. Just accept it <laughs> and, and go drop up there. Hit three. Like, I don't want to hear your excuses. Um, if you're going to suck, I love you still. I suck sometimes too. Just, I don't want to hear the excuses. That's all. I think like, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. And I, I don't try to do that. One, because I know I'm a bad like I'm a bad golfer right now, but there are times where I hit a shot and I'm like, whoa, where the heck did that come from? And it's not an excuse. It's more of like a general, like, wow. Like, and I think, yeah, how did I do that? Yeah. Like, honestly, I might ask that when I flush it more often than when I hit a bad shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather have people just be like, yeah, bad swing. Yeah. Just like take the accountability. Yeah. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Yeah. I think I, I think I said where that draw come from actually, but it was because it's like the first draw I ever hit in my life, and, and I was again. like, "How did I do that?" It was more of shock. I was like, "Can I do this every time?" Because no. there's nothing more satisfying than when you like have always played a fade or like a straight ball, and then all of a sudden you hit that little baby draw, and you're like, "I want to do this. I want to do this every time. How do I do this? This is amazing." Yeah, and. Maybe I'm kind of crazy for that one, and, and maybe it's only. I don't think. No, I know, I know what you're talking about. Like yeah, two yeah. or th- maybe if it happens like a two or three times, you hit the same shot, and like, yo, where did this come from? It's like, dude, I, I've seen you do that five times today. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I think you just chunk the ball a lot. Yeah. To be fair. Right. Um, but um, well, okay, round robin again. I'll go, and then you guys yeah, say yeah, a second yeah, pet okay. peeve. Um, my next pet peeve is. If you don't fix your ball marks, and this again, on the green or in the in the fairway, on the green, yeah, okay. I care more in the greens. I mean, yeah, of course. If it's car path only, sometimes I'll be the first to admit I may forget to bring the sand out there. Like that, we all do that. But fix your ball marks, boys. Take care of the course. I'll take care of you. I mean, yeah, playing with randoms when they just like blatantly just don't fix a ball mark. I, I just want to, I mean, I end up fixing it, honestly. I'll, be, I'll, I'll purposely be like, yo, man, good shot. I got your ball mark. Don't worry. And I'll say it. <laughs> That's so passive aggressive. To make no. them realize like, oh, crap, I should fix my ball marks. Dude, I was just going to say, I see, I think I don't get very many ball marks around, you know, like two or three, but I feel like it's a flex when I'm the first one on the green and I get to fix ball marks. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, you know that I'm fixing the ball marks because I'm on the green and I'll, I'll get a couple extra too. Yeah. And I'm like, you go play your bunker shot. You go play your up and down, but I got my ball mark to fix. Miles, would you rather someone 
not fix a ball mark or or fix it incorrectly on the green and end up killing the grass there because there's a right way to fix the ball mark and i don't think yeah, many people know know, know how to do it all right for everyone listening a single prong a single prong is actually better than double prong yeah, the divot yeah. tools that have two prongs they're cool and like again if oh, you use dude, that that's but actually, single prongs are better. So a T is actually better, according to I don't know where I learned this, but I saw a video one time. I've heard greenkeepers say the same thing. Yeah. Yep. And if you have the ball mark, you go around it in forty-five degree angle or so, and you push in towards the middle, and you go around, mm -hmm. and you push in towards the middle, in towards the middle, pat it down with the putter, pat it down with your foot. There you go. Fix one more for the boys that didn't fix one. There you go. All right. No. That's a good that's a good pet peeve and a good lesson to all of us. So I appreciate that uh there Miles. Uh yep. pet peeve number 2 for me. It it I might be similar to pet peeve number 1 for you, but I I really it really irks me uh because I am trying to have the truest handicap I can handicap I I can have. It's a 23.4. It might be a 24 now after the last couple of rounds I've played. Um I take all my penalties. I I I try not. I if I'm in like a rocky path right now, you know, like I'm not on tour. I'm not playing in a tournament. I will kick my ball out from there. But for the most part, I try to play it as it lies. Uh, I cannot stand. I'm talking to friends like, yeah, I'm a 12 handicap. It's like, bro, I've seen you play. You never yeah, six you, mulligans. Yeah, you yeah. take a, a mulligan off every tee. You and never uh never count penalty strokes. You never do. You always kick your ball into a better lie. There's no way you're a 12 handicap. Uh, that that's just ridiculous, and that drives me yeah. crazy. Yeah, I big respect. That's big respect. I respect that too. I have to tell it to a lot of the people I play with. A couple of my friends who I play with, they they're always birdie ball people. I don't mind lift clean in place if you got like a muddy ball. We're not on tour. I don't care. Yeah, but it's a little different when it's like lift clean in place because you just have a bad lie and and those types of things where i'm like i mean who knows what that shot could have been whatever but yeah i'm the same i try not to give myself those birdie balls the only thing i i don't do is i don't play ob like i won't go back and re-t oh. i basically just play everything yeah. like water i'll just drop where yeah, i think I it went in and play that's from there fine. and pace i'm like play, that's mostly yeah. for pace of play yeah, yeah. We're not that's the only thing where yeah, from the yeah that sucks yeah but i've had friends also tell me like with your when you're recording a handicap i think you're not supposed to ever give yourself a triple i think you're supposed to give yourself max double or something like that um if you i have no idea yeah if you put things into the gin handicap for you and you play a hole way worse than you're than they expect you to and you enter it hole by hole like if you do it hole by hole it will drop like one time i i had a blow up hole on like that number 15 handicap hole. Uh, and I shot like a quad on it and it, it was, so as a par four, I shot an eight. It actually, when I entered it into again, it adjusted that score to like a six for me. Uh, because it was like, hmm. it was like based on how you play and how you play this course, you shouldn't have shot an eight on that. So we're actually going to put it, put in a six for you. So again, again, nice. can do things like that for you. Um, yeah. I wonder if 18 birdies does that, but cause see, the thing is, is I still have a blow up. Like I'm going to go OB or hazard 
or something at on one hole in 18 every round. Yeah. Like I'm going to have a triple. Like right. it's just, it's guaranteed pretty much for me now. Right. But in, I don't know. I, I feel like sometimes I, that's a little. Different. One thing I always like to say, um, and I have friends that say this too. If someone's like, you know, you miss a four footer or like a three footer. Right. And you're like, ah, I'm going to give myself that. Mm-hmm. It's just my response is that's between you and God. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> between you and God. And then it's like really just like a oof. Like, and I've, I've, I've missed like a three footer that I wanted to give myself. My friend Mike was like, yeah, that's between you and God. And, like, <laughs> and I just write down the bogey. I'm like, freak, bro. <laughs> I feel there's my take on the gimmies thing. Cause I feel like you see a lot of that on golf social media where people are like, what's gimme range? I'm like, I feel like everybody knows what gimme range is, but if you, if you keep extending your, like if I've heard some people will do like the full length of their putter yeah, I was and, I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like, bro, if that's your gimme range, then those are always going to be knee knockers for you because you never take them. Right. What's like that? your gimme range is when you can walk up with your eyes closed, talking to your homie, like put your club down and tap it in yeah, to me, my personal opinion. What like it's you, like four inches or less. What do you guys consider is in the leather? Like I'm I'm holding my putter. What's what's in the leather? I Bro. always just thought that like it was your putter length. So like uh, okay. a that's what I've heard too. Like, I think yeah. most most putters are 36, 30, 34, 34 to thirty six. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. most people would say that in Three the feet. leather is from putter head to to the start of your grip. So like this is a gimme. Yeah. But my friends and I think like yo dude, this is inside the leather like yeah this is three feet like oh see that's what my gimme range would be it's like i'm I'm like if you can't miss you it's really difficult to miss by like a six inch putt even if there's break on it yeah yeah anybody uh i'm i don't take gimme putts because i don't want if i'm in it i want to play in tournament golf eventually i wanted to get there and i don't want to be at a point where it's like i all my friends give me four four or five feet putts so like I don't know how to hit them, you know? You're not prepared. You get yeah. nervous. Yeah. I angry pick up some tap-ins. If I, like, miss a putt that I don't – if I miss a five-footer that I'm like, I should have made that, I'll just, like, pick it up and throw the ball in the air, you know, with my putter kind of thing. But it's more just, like – I like hitting the I, ball I, going I, hate, I do, too. I, I hate the – I hate the people who don't finish out, like, a full putter-length putt. That's crazy to me. Yeah. One thing I'll say is, like, we all know those guys and we've played those guys where like, you'll know they got like a six on a hole. Like, yo, would you, Hey, yo, Jeff, would you go to that hole? Uh, five. And like, bro, if you're one of those guys that, you know, deep down in your heart, you're lying about your score. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Yeah. You're not that yeah, guy. No, no one cares. It puts me in a weird spot because I, I know you're wrong. And if you're one of my homies, I'm going to be like, bro, no. One, two, three, four, five, six, double. Uh, and also, I get super serious. If someone's trying to have an actual match, like mm-hmm. we communicate, this is going to be a match, 1v1. I'm always huge about, let's get on the first tee before we hit a tee shot. Let's level set. Yeah. Are we, are Finish everything. Yeah. Are yeah, we yeah. lifting and placing everywhere? Like, what's the deal? Yeah. I have to know. Yep. Yeah. 100%. All right, um, pet peeve number two for you, Brett. And then we'll move on. Yeah, I think, I think I have one that it, it actually does bother me, and this is for sure old school golf etiquette. I was raised with it, 
But my dad did always make a joke about how ridiculous it was when people get angry when you walk in people's line because the group in front of you most likely walked all around the hole as well, so on and so forth. But it goes just to like anything. I'm a big ready golfer. Like I said, I play a bunch of solo golf. So if I hit my drive like right side of the fairway and you hit your drive left side of the fairway and we're both going up to our balls and getting our yardages and we do that little like awkward look over and I don't know what your routine is, like I'm just going to walk up and hit my ball. And like there's definitely been time. It's not often, but there's been times where it's like you hear the and you hear him swinging and he hit his shot and I'm like getting ready to swing mine or I just hit mine. And I just, those things don't bother me, but I also know like, and I, I should ask miles take on this because a golfer like me, are like, I don't care what happens. I don't care if you yell, none of that stuff's going to affect me. I'm like, just walk up, play your shot, keep up pace of play. Some of the golf etiquette stuff's a little crazy to me that I just don't care about. Um, I don't care if I play with a new person. This has only happened once, but he asked me, hey, I had a good bunker shot the hole before. He asked me, like, hey, can you teach me how to hit this bunker shot? I don't think I'm in any way capable of doing this, but I tried to help him. But I was like, don't be, don't worry about the whole grounding thing. Like, feel what it feels like to hit the sand. Like, yeah. that's so ridiculous. Like, ground your club, take a practice swing, hit some sand up, and feel what it feels like, and then go and take your bunker shot. That's a two-stroke penalty, bro. Yeah, I, I know. Things like that are <laughs> crazy to me. But Miles, okay, so someone like you, right, who's played much higher level golf than us, like if you're on the tee box and me and Romeo are just talking in the golf cart, are you going to turn around and like tell us to be quiet or can you just go through your rhythm and hit your golf drive? Yeah, bro. I'm just going to hit my golf shot. Um, it's different if you're like completely silent and I like purposely try to say something, but like – yeah. I've had I mean, people tell me, don't stand on my right shoulder. Don't stand behind me. That's like, a mental your game, Your shadow's man. affecting me. And yeah, that's what I'm like. I'm like, bro, you are way too much of a head case right now, bro. Golf's uh, going to be tough. I, I play differently with randoms and with the boys. Oh, sure, sure. Sure, that's fair. That's fair. I don't mind people talking while I'm swinging. Uh, but like, I do get distracted. Um, and so like, if you're not talking and you start talking while I start swinging, it'll distract me. If you're talking and then you realize that I'm swinging and you stop talking, that also will distract me. So I'd rather you just like yeah. continue doing whatever yeah. you were doing while I'm doing my thing, you know? Right. That's how I feel. They talk about they talk about that at, at the 16th hole in the waste management, you know, the party hole. Yeah. Where right. Like really, it's not that bad because it's constant noise. Right. It's constant. Like that sure. is the equilibrium. So it's fine. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm in the same boat. Like if it's silent and I hear like a loud something in my top of backswing, yeah, that's gonna jack me up a little bit. It, see, I don't I don't know if that is so a little you'll you'll get to this point in the chasing scratch podcast, but they go through this, I think it's a psychologist or something who studied mm -hmm. about golfers taking putts and they just did it with putting, I believe. I think it was putting, but basically just like giving them the distra distractions versus actually focusing and the distraction people were when they weren't thinking about their putts they were better at it hmm. when there was, a, when there was a distraction or when their mind wasn't thinking about their putting stroke or anything else, they were actually better. And I feel like that's probably because there's so many people who are head cases, right? They got a lesson and now they're thinking of like six things in their swing when it's like, that's, that's just too much, bro. Yeah. I, I totally, I see the point. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, and I don't know, it's more, it, 
it's more so like even if i don't have like negative swing thoughts in my my thing it's it's more like uh you know you throw me out of what i'm focused on it may not even be something bad but if you're shooting a free throw in basketball and it's quiet and you know and then like someone yells like it's it just i don't know like it's there but <laughs> then like if you're at the uh duke what cameron arena or whatever it's called and like they have those super crazy fans right behind the the basket and they're going yeah. like you know it's like it's it's the it's like the waste management thing so yeah. uh, i i see what you're saying like if you're distracted and not thinking you could just like go through the motions and have better yeah. mechanics and stuff like that uh but i don't know how often i don't know how often are you do you play distracted i mean i have music going a lot if the people don't mind oh. like if i have my push card in the summer i'll have music going and i'm i'll be singing or thinking about the song or whatever it else like yeah but like i just don't like if someone wants to have a conversation with me when i'm standing over a putt it just doesn't bother me yeah. i'm not gonna like be talking to you as i'm putting but i can like I just don't, I just don't mind it. I'm like, I know, I know I could take this 10 times and five times be talking and five times not be, and I'm going to have the same result. This is a conversation for a subject for another pod. But one thing that's super interesting to me is, is how professional golfers um, find like their flow state during a tournament. Cause everyone's flow state is a little bit different. Mm, Some sure. people try to completely zone out mm -hmm. and think about, like them and their caddy will purposely talk about random things, mm -hmm. whatever, mm -hmm. and no. keep their mind off of it. They get to their ball, they laser focus for 45 seconds. Some yeah. golfers are just locked in yeah. the entire time, like Tiger. Yep. You ever heard and that story of uh, Tony huh? Finau, who was paired with Tiger and like the Masters that one year? And Tony Finau was like, yeah, you know, like we got up to the first tee and I, I was looked at him, I was like, hey man, how are your kids? Like, how's life? And he's just like, good. And 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 yeah. Finau was just like, oh, it was in that no. moment I was like, this man's here. This man's here to win, and we're we're not talking for the next yeah. four and a half hours. Uh, yeah. So, I get I it. Love that. I think it's so cool. Yeah. We'll have to talk about that in the next pod. Yeah, yeah. That's It'd a good be fun one. to play around like that, trying to focus like that. Say like, let's see if let's see how much of a difference it makes if I'm just like, if we're locked in, like no banter. Yeah. Like, say nice shot, but like I'm I'm drilling everything. Let's looking let's, at yeah. every lie, everything. Let's play a serious round, me versus Brett and Miles caddies for both of us. And so Miles Miles is the caddy, like giving us tips and and clubs. I can't not be in a golf course and not play. I'll die. <laughs> okay. The, well, you the, can you can still play, but we will we'll Yeah. We'll, uh, I'll coach you guys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh no, I remember we got to end this pod probably, but I just remember playing my, like, I remember playing a tournament really, one of the best tournaments I've played in high school. I literally remember like being so locked in. Yeah. Like between each shot, my flow state was like, I just looked down, walked forward and I, I can't describe it, but there's a way to make your vision to where like everything's purposely blurry. You kind of just kind of mm -hmm. zone out and mm -hmm. just kind of like, you're you're zoned out and that was yeah. how i walked between every single shot never looked up 
except when I was hitting my shot and I was lights out. It was crazy. Because uh, also in the, the Chasing Scratch podcast, one Ooh, of- You've gotten to there. I thought about that too. Uh, well, I, I'm on season two now. I love I love the podcast. Uh, they were my yeah. m- most listened to podcast. I did in my Spotify rap. It was uh, Chasing Scratch was the number one podcast I listened to. But yeah. that book, one of the books they read was like, the guy was like, when you walk, you should always walk looking up uh, because it helps you- your pot well your posture one but two it's just like when you're looking up you feel more confident like you're mm-hmm. uh so I, it was interesting that you felt so zoned in by just staring at the ground the whole time uh yeah, yeah. and it you wasn't like this yeah it was right. just like you know walking but just like you yeah. know yeah yeah, yeah. kind of like looking down and, and just kind of like zoning everything out right but they talk about how like rory like you know kind of bounces his way across the course when he's feeling good like um so i I definitely think it's there uh we are coming up we just hit 45 minutes uh let me ask a quick question um do we think that we need to be good golfers to get anywhere in the youtube golf scene you know i think like are there bad golfers in YouTube golf that are popular. The only ones if I can think good, of. We know yes, but yeah. The only ones I can think of are. are yeah, yeah. Bob yeah. does sports. They're the only, uh, but they have Fab Perez and he's, he's a good golfer. Like, would they be yeah. the same caliber of channel without Fab Perez? No, it's just them three together are just such a. It's just the perfect storm of personalities, game. Like, mm-hmm. they're just, it's a perfect storm and it's the greatest entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're a solo content creator yeah. and you are not good at the game, you've got to have the personality. There's got to um, be something. No personality and you're not good, like, no one's going to want to watch you. Yeah. If, you're, if you're at least decent or good, then yeah, having the personality helps that much. But mm-hmm. yes, I think it's just like a head up, okay. like a, just like a, a little head. St- not a head start. That's a bad word. It's just like a leg up. Um, yeah. I don't know. But also at the same time, though, if you're not good, but you have a good, um, you have a good purpose behind your thing. Like it's all about like the chasing scratch guys, right? Mm-hmm. You don't, you're not bought into, you're bought into the journey. Yeah. For right. Sure. Same right. thing. If you're a 27 handicap, well, if you have a good personality and you really explain and like the way you display your content is like, it gets people bought into you getting better mm. than that. That's great too. So honestly, you can make it work. However. Yeah. Right. And it's so relatable with that. I think, cause we all were there. We all were that 27, 35, whatever handicap. We all saw that progression and it's like a little nostalgic for all of us. You remember those those years and yeah however long it took each person so i think i think the same thing i think it's cool when you see somebody who's like super driven to get better especially something with golf yeah the the bob does sports the most recent podcast i was watching to listening watching to it before we jumped on here and they asked bob bob and joey both expressed that they wanted to be better at, at golf uh, and someone said something, and you just hear Bob. It, what the camera wasn't on him, but you just hear him go, it, "It's time, man! It's time that I that I'm, I I know how to play golf." Uh, but yeah, I I'm I'm there. I I I need to get out of the twenties. I want to get below ten. It's not a, 
not a secret. It's something I talk about often. So I'm trying to do that for my own channel and then with here, with y'all as well. Just like going to get it down, going to grind it out. And I'm going to be that bad golfer that has a good personality, hopefully, that people want to want to follow, want to buy into. So you should just sell out to all the baseball kids. You got 25 years of baseball habits. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh that's it's hard to get it's hard to get past. Um so well you have you have the drive, you have the motivation, you have like the persistence. So yeah, man, you're gonna do it. Yeah. It's yeah. it's nice. And you're you're athletic in every sport I've played with you, so like there's no question. It's just golf is so golf is just so technical. Like okay, so one thing before we leave, me and Miles talked about before, and I'm sure you agree, but as I've gotten more serious about golf like recently Mm -hmm. and somebody who I kind of wrote off golf in this aspect, I now think the skill gap from amateur to professional sports that the biggest gap is in golf than any other sport. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We can talk about it another time. Okay. That's that's a good, that's a big, that's a big topic. That's definitely, I'm writing that down for, for next pod. So uh, (laughs) if you're listening, you're still here. One, I want to thank you. Uh, two, please like and subscribe, comment. It helps the algorithm. Send this to your friends. Post us wherever you can because uh, we're here. We're here for the journey. We're here to get better. We're here to entertain. We're here to do everything else. Three, if you're still listening, that's going to be a conversation we're going to have because that's a good one. What sport is, has the highest skill gap differential between an amateur and a professional? That's a great question. Um, so, Yeah. Uh, it's been 50 minutes. We're trying to keep this one short. We're not very good at that because we just like talking to each other. We got good, good chemistry here, but you know, I'm going to send it out. Uh, we just thank you so much for, for having us. My name's Finn again. Uh, Brett has called me, I think three or four different names here. And that's just because we've known each other for so long. Oh, uh, but you know, whatever he says, I'll respond to anything. So if you hear something else, you know, he's probably talking about me. Um, Brett, do you have anything you want to say before we, we sign off? Yeah, just super fun. Um, love being on. Thankful that I got to be in front of the camera and on the mics tonight, for sure. It's better than being behind the scenes. But um, we got a couple more weeks here until the holidays. Hope everybody has a good holidays. Yep. We'll get a couple episodes out for you guys. Yeah. Just listen to it while you're doing yard work like me. Whatever you can to help us out. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Miles, what do you got to say? Uh, first off, Brett, again, thanks for being here, man. Uh, having a 16 day old son and, and making it happen is, yeah. is big. I'm sure you're tired and exhausted. So shout out to you. Uh, for those of you guys listening, watching, appreciate y'all. Thanks for being here. Um, hopefully you guys find this entertaining in any way possible, but really appreciate you guys looking forward to what's to come. Absolutely. Uh, once again, thank you so much. Uh, like, and subscribe. We plan to have this one, this podcast out relatively soon after recording we're going to try to record again and have it scheduled for december 18th we're going to skip the week of christmas we're we're trying to be on every other uh you know every other week's schedule but if you don't hear from us between now and then we want to wish you uh wish you merry christmas and a happy new